Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Make Do. I'm Tiff Arment. And I'm Julia Scott. I think that maybe it's telling that neither of us mentioned, I think, at all uh, supplies when we talked about goals for the new year in the last episode. <laughs> we we mentioned like tools, like big things, like your uh, loom. And have you touched your loom yet? No, it's still wrapped up. <laughs> it's still wrapped up because I've been wanting to paint. Yeah, but it, I mean, tools like supplies, supplies and tools, I guess it's mm-hmm. a it's a touchy subject for for artists and makers of all kinds. Uh, did, did you uh, reflect on that when we talked about it? Nobody talked about like organizing or what we wanted to buy or culling. Well, so I have a f- probably a similar relationship with tools and art supplies that a lot of people do, because if you don't have it, how can you use it? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, how can you create something if you don't have the tools in order to create the thing? It's not like you can just kind of magically will something into being if you're like, oh, I want to do paper mache. Oh, wait, I have nothing to make paper mache with. Like, (laughs) it's it's one of those things like if you want to throw a pot, it's like, oh, I have literally nothing to do that and accomplish that goal of making that thing because I don't have any of the supplies. And a lot of the times in creating an arts and crafts, it is it becomes like that daunting task of getting all the gear and setting yourself up and then doing it. The reason I haven't touched my loom yet is because I haven't yet bought the proper strings for it. The the weft. See, I need to get a book and know what I need to buy. So it's like <laughs> I have the first step. I have the the thing, right, that I'll be crafting on. And now I need the supplies to fill the thing. And that is where we all kind of get into that hoarder state where it's like, well, I'm not doing this craft right now, but I have a whole, you know, a, a whole thing full of um, felting supplies. If I wanted to make little felty animals, it's in a whole drawer, giant supply of it. It's all there. But and I still want to do it, but it's taking up a lot of space. Yeah, I think I think that like usually hoardy crafters like fall into one of two types. Either you're I think like both you and I where you're like you never quite because you're just like aggressively, spontaneously, childishly crafty. You yes. just want to <laughs> have all all sorts of supplies, even for stuff you don't know yet if you want to do. And I try, I try not to do this too badly. I try to be like, well, this is something that I might want to do and I'll keep it around for the next time that I want to do purling or whatever. Mm-hmm. But where you're like, well, you never know and you want your life to be sort of like a good kindergarten or like after school program or craft Mm -hmm. camp where you're like it doesn't matter what you want to do there's everything we have fluffy cotton balls and like there's just everything there's lollipop sticks and you you could do whatever you want and you can build whatever kind of weird robot you want it's you know what I mean oh yeah you don't want to feel limited by what you have in stock when you when the mood strikes you (laughs) (laughs) and then the other kind I think is just like even if you only do one or two things you can always have more paints or brushes or another like a slightly different paper kind in your giant stack of watercolor Mm -hmm. sketchbooks or whatever like you can always have more because it'll always get used and there's also that process of finding what you like it's it's very difficult to get samples of things like especially when you're talking about something like paper or for me right now it was going through a whole bunch of different canvas types you know do I like to paint on a board do I like to paint on a thick canvas do I want squares do I want rectangles like there's like a Dr. Seuss books can you paint (laughs) it on a square can you paint it anywhere (laughs) that's what it 
feels like when I just, it's like, yes, when I start painting on it, I end up, I do have preferences for what I like and what I don't like, but I would have never known that had I not bought like 12 different canvases or different palette types that I like to actually put my paint on. Like you don't know. And then you end up with all of this stuff. And if you find what you like right away, then you have all this extra stuff that's hanging around and it's like, well, maybe I'll try that someday. So you don't want to really get rid of it or it could still be useful. Like, I don't know. I get myself into those problems often. And that I really like that you brought this topic up for this episode because everyone is on a Marie Kondo phase and downsizing and getting rid of and just uh, organizing your life, especially in January. People love after a big like influx of new stuff that happens in December for most people, then you kind of sit back, use the winter months to organize a nest and figure out how everything is going to be fitting into your life. And right now, everyone is looking for joy, right? In all of their things. Yeah, I mean, Netflix knew what they were doing when they released the series on January 1st. Like they, that was just like... I want to do a ding sound effect, but then I realized like that's the thing that she talks about. Um, Have you watched the series? I have. I did my homework and I watched a few episodes. I don't need to see more than two, completely (laughs) honestly. I get get it. Had you read the book? I haven't read the book, but I've usually been pretty good about getting rid of things. Uh, This is just making me be even more um, ferocious about it, I guess. And it is... It's a challenge when it comes to my art supplies. I have put a full stop brick wall when it comes to let's go through things because I don't know, Julie, and this is what we're going to talk about today for the most part, but I love throwing away pens and and markers that have died. You know, I really Mm -hmm. like finding dried out markers and throwing them away. It feels really good. But beyond that, I I just don't know what to do because I want to keep everything because it all gives me joy. Exactly. Like, because... If somehow you've managed to escape the concept, Marie Kondo's thing is, um, A, you have to collect everything from one category together in a pile so that you see all of it at once. And then you have to touch each thing and decide if it sparks joy uh, for you. And if it does, you keep it. And if it doesn't, you thank it for either the service it has done you or the service it has done you of learning that you don't like this thing. And then you pass (laughs) it on. And I think it's hard because I feel like so much of art supplies will spark joy even if you'll never use it. Maybe you don't even like it because it's associated with that whole feeling of like the hope you felt when you bought it. And Mm -hmm. that thing that we joke about all the time that everyone jokes about, like that feeling of with this, I am buying the time to paint and the identity of someone who paints or whatever it may be. Like you, you, it just like holds that that possibility in itself and so I mean some of it might also spark guilt because of like the money you spent or that you never touch it but on the whole like it's so hard to be like well this doesn't spark joy because you know I don't use it because you're like but I could make a quilt someday I will make a quilt with this you know actually as you're talking about this I'm staring at this cup I have of brush tip pens and I hate them I hate them and I think I'm gonna get rid of them because can you throw them in the trash right now no, because they're nice Tombow ones. I, I feel like I should like mail them to somebody that loves brush pens because send them to me. You want them? I'll send yes. them to you because I can't stand brush pens. It's just it's going to be the roaming box of art supplies. How about we just like <laughs> just start mailing it around? Everyone gives us an address and we just 
pick a random person, fill it with what we want. They get the box. They open mm-hmm. it up. Take out what you want. Put in what you don't and send it on its way. Ooh, this could be a whole thing. Like I the like world it. traveling art supply box. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, people, people do that a lot with like yarn that um, you just have a traveling box. You put in like a couple of things of yarn you don't want, maybe some chocolate, maybe a book or something. And then you take out what you want and you put in something to replace it. And then it just keeps going. I love that. Oh, we should totally start this up. We should Let's. so start this up with our with our listener community. That would be excellent because that would make me feel better about getting rid about all these pens that I've basically opened up, did a few strokes on the page and been like, this isn't for me. And I, I need to find a place for them. You know, I, I love that as well. And I mean, that's almost also like sometimes like a hoarder's uh, justification thing where you're like, well, I have like, you know, someone says, oh, I want to try this. And you can so easily give them ball of yarn and some needles that you're not using and be like give these back or don't it's okay I have more you know mm-hmm. where you can like help someone out to start something I'm, I'm right. not saying that it's a good justification <laughs> but it happens uh, but but do you agree about that thing of so much of it will like even if you forget that you have it and it just sits there that the joy metric is is difficult for people who are craftsy and artsy Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about a lot of the bottles of ink I have. Like, I know that all of the colors and different inks that I have for all my fountain pens are, they spark so much joy in me. I don't want to get rid of any of them. I love (laughs) them all. And the ones that I do want to get rid of, I've already gotten rid of. And it's like, I know I'm not using them right now, but man, the potential that they have feels so great. And and I also really take a lot of joy in when a friend of mine will be like, oh, hey, do you happen to have um, white tape? And I was like, uh, yeah. And like, dig, dig, dig. It's like <laughs> Tiff's craft supply store. Like anyone who needs something, they totally call me and I usually have it. And I don't know, that feels really good, too, is helping out and being like, I just happen to have all the supplies. I don't need to run to the store if I want to make something. So, yeah. That's actually something that I appreciate because I I read uh, Marie Kondo's book, um, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, uh, when it came out like four or five years ago in English. And one thing that I appreciate is that she is not necessarily a minimalist. Like that's her aesthetic and that's what she wants to pare down to. But she's like, if if you want to keep all your fountain pens, if they all do spark joy for you and you have a good way to like store them and organize them that works for you, that's wonderful. And and I appreciate like I know that some people have gotten really obsessed about the thing of like, oh, you only need 30 books where what she said was that's my number. That's what feels good for me. And mm-hmm. also like she lived in a Japanese apartment that was much smaller than a lot of, for instance, American houses. So like it, it wasn't realistic for her to have a lot mm-hmm. of books. But I appreciate that. Like if if you truly feel after you hold each and every fountain pen or book or whatever that they spark joy and like they don't stress you out because you don't have room for them, then go ahead. Keep them. But I, I at the same time, I'm like, well, I know myself. Am I realistic about all my art supplies? Really? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, also like when you see sometimes minimalists or you see uh like you know shows like hoarders and buried alive and that stuff and there have been some episodes where crafters have watched and gone insane because the organizers who don't do that craft like i get that you don't need duplicates of like 50 different kinds of stamps like five of each but (laughs) when they're like do you really need all these different knitting needles can't you just keep one pair and it's like that's not how it works you literally (laughs) need different sizes for different projects (laughs) But I also get that maybe you 
don't need, again, like with needles, you don't need eight duplicates of every size so that you can also have like 40 projects going at once that you don't get that far on, you know? I mean, I feel like right now I need to go upstairs and start going through my knitting needles because I'm like, for the one project every four years that I do, do I really need all the sizes? Do I? (laughs) Do I? Probably not because I can only knit straight. So (laughs) likely not. We'll we'll have a little... um... Uh, tutorial class session i'll 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 get I you think to we should do a video of us just cleaning out art supplies oh god and, and crying <laughs> <laughs> oh lord yeah and i mean you can you can make people really happy happy with it but let's let's maybe back up a little do we think because i feel like oh it's a given that you should clear them out and like get rid of the stuff you don't use so that it, is that is that a given should we I think it's helpful to make room for potential creativity as well as looking at your horde pile of <laughs> uh, of what's there. Because it's sometimes having supplies that you don't like or that don't spark your joy, <laughs> you know, like a pair of knitting needles that you're like, this is just too small. I've always hated knitting this tightly. I like big, fat, chunky knitting. And it's like, is keeping that stuff and keeping space for it in your life, like my silly brush pens, is that stopping me from filling that space again with something else that does make me happier? Like instead of waiting for myself to like something that I just don't, it shouldn't I get rid of, shouldn't I being the great eye of people (laughs) uh, get rid of the thing that's holding us back and and have that room. It's like if I'm looking at the stuff on my desk right now and I'm like, man, if I got rid of that pencil cup, that moves this over and that makes room on the desk. And all of a sudden I have like a writing area mm-hmm. and it's like that opens up so much more like now I can use the fountain pens that I love in an area away from like all the stuff that was just taking up space that I was never using in the first place. So it, I feel like getting rid of things can be really liberating and helpful in creativity instead of trying to think of, oh, I have to hold on to all of this stuff in order to be creative because it just looks like I'm going to be creative because I have all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what it is. Creativity is like the the space to do things, right? So you got to make that space somehow. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's again, it's like, what, what life are you actually living? If you're mm-hmm. Because like, like you were saying, people actually do come to you. And I mean, I've I've seen the stuff you make, you know, for your son for Halloween and and lots of other (laughs) stuff. You do make things and people can actually come to you and find supplies. If you're only like getting stuff and organizing stuff in like the hopes that you'll be the kind of person who randomly is creative, but you never either have time or really the inclination to actually do it, you stick to your one thing, Mm -hmm. then maybe you should think about it. If you do rotate through the stuff you make eight times over a year and you have the room for it maybe you don't need to maybe you just need to go through it every now and then and see if stuff has dried up because I'm right with you like I love decluttering in general but I also I love getting rid of something that has run out like Mm -hmm. empty shampoo bottles I get like oh yeah I get a frisson of pleasure up and down my spine when I when I finished something and I can I toss can't it. wait until I finish a tube of paint. I'm so <laughs> looking forward to it. I'm so close on one of my giant uh, white paints and I'm like, yes, it's going to feel so good because it feels like I've I put in the work and I did something with all these supplies. And that feels amazing because you're like, I spent this 
pen like or like when you finish a bottle of ink you're like yes Mm -hmm. i've done so much writing like it feels so good and so getting rid of spent supplies is is one high and i think that coming to terms with what you want to craft is another it's different like general supplies is one thing i feel like you can catalog kind of art supplies in your brain on what is happening but i'm thinking right now i have a whole bunch of uh, jewelry making supplies in a hat box upstairs. And I'm like, what is it doing in there? It is doing nothing in there. I've never even went in there to use any of it for any other craft project. And it's like, I should just let that go. I should give it to someone who's going to use it. And you know what, if in a few years, I want to become jewelry maker again, I can get new supplies, and they'll probably up be updated and a different style than I did before. 10-year-old jewelry supplies, a lot of them are going to be dated, right? Like mm-hmm. what I wanted to do or the colors or the the style. And so holding on to a lot of that stuff sometimes with the prospect of, oh, I'm going to do this, these things can get dated or just dried out and ruined in the first place. Like things can get tarnished, things can get ruined just from not being used. And then you wasted it anyway. That always does make me a little sad when, and I think we've talked about this before, like the sadness of something going bad before you get to it because you rotate too slowly or mm-hmm. forgot about a certain thing. And I know a lot of people don't have means to just be getting rid of things that could potentially be craftable. But at the same time, it's like, how much do you need? Um, how often are you going back to this thing? I think if there's been a 10-year lull of the craft that you are holding on to that you said you're going to make, it's probably time to get rid of it. Um, I don't know. That's just, I think that that's going to be my threshold. It's, <laughs> huh, was I crafting this before I was married 10 years ago? Yeah, I should probably get rid of it since I moved with it six times by now. <laughs> like, you know, there's that thing people talk about with clothes, like you should hang all your hangers one way and then put things back the other way so yes. that after a year you can see what you've touched. Like, should you sort of like, date stamp like food date stamp your your craft boxes and be like this was last opened on and then you look at it and go hmm yeah i th- i think that th- that's a healthy way to look at it honestly i mean yeah having supplies for like i said for basic things that if you are i'm just i keep thinking of my halloween costumes right and it is i touch it once a year if i'm going through all of that stuff so it feels useful to keep around because i am in it once a year, at least, looking for stuff to use and reuse and repurpose. So that's useful. But there are boxes with dust for crafts that I just will not be doing again. And I think it's time to make some room. This would actually really make some great video bonus content. No, but And, and I think also, <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff that is not like universal, but multi-purpose. So like having a small selection of tubes of acrylic paint where you're like, well, mm-hmm. I can do like when I do like paint on the walls of our laundry room, or I can paint something small for a totally different craft, or I can use it to paint a paint, you know, like that kind of thing feels also very reasonable for multi-craftual people to be like, well, mm-hmm. brushes you can always, but, but what about like sorting down to just either the good stuff or the useful stuff like how do you decide what's either too crappy that you're not going to like and I know we talked about like this is different because uh if you have kids you can always give them the crappier brushes but like in, <laughs> yes. in but in general like when do you decide like I I don't like this enough anymore I have better stuff now I think once you get you start getting better stuff and you think about 
do I want to pick up this good brush that doesn't shed brush hairs into my paintings? Or do I want to pick up that, you know, terrible brush that frustrates me and sheds hair into all my paintings like obviously <laughs> one is going to give you joy and the other one it's it's time for it to go and even if you're thinking oh well I might need a backup you don't need a backup like you just you'll need to replace your good thing when it when it dies or you could have a backup but you don't want to have a crappy backup because that also right. is so frustrating where you're like well I you know I broke this or it's dirty or whatever and then what you have is something that is just not good enough and I think that that's the thing about our art supplies, uh, crafting supplies, is you grow as a creative person every time you use stuff and, and you get better at things. So you're always advancing every time you spend more time doing your craft. And there are starter places for things where you don't want to invest a whole bunch of money and in, in the lower level stuff like scratchy yarn or, you know, stuff that you just want to practice with and, and you don't want the investment. And then you move up because you start getting better. You start honing in on things. And I think that your supplies, as long as you love them, should grow with you. I mean, if you are in love with the sponge painting, you know, one cent for 10 billion of them that you can get at the craft store, and that's what you paint with, and that's what you love, then go for it. That It, it has nothing to do with the quality of the supply. It has to do with it's what's right for you what's right for you. So don't try and hold on to stuff that stopped being right for you when you've moved on. It's okay. You can let it go. You can thank it for its service and <laughs> and let it go. And I feel so, because I, I think you know, we haven't said it expressly or we've touched on it. Like, I mean, a lot of this stuff, you don't have to toss it, like get rid of it. Uh, doesn't mean throw it in the trash. A lot of it you can donate on. But I do feel so <laughs> conflicted about like, the stuff that's serviceable but not good like do you yeah. give someone else a shetty brush I mean kids <laughs> <laughs> but or like someone starting out or I mean you can donate it to a place if it's a really shetty brush yeah you you gotta you gotta toss it mm -hmm. uh but I don't know I, I also want to talk about um vintage craft supplies because I got into that <sighs> world and it's dangerous because they're pretty because they're so beautiful and they have like a soul and they have a history yes. and they're like historic and they feel just like it's the where this thing began and it has all this roots to it and, and the feeling of it and then but yet how useful is it you know like uh. and and sometimes even if it is because I um I posted a picture on my Instagram I can and repost it on on the pods Instagram uh, of because uh, when I was in Green and Stone in London, I think I mentioned this amazing art supply store. They also have a vintage and antique section, mm -hmm. and there was this box of paints that was just this. I mean, I think it was like I forget many hundred pounds, and it was a, <laughs> like a watercolor box, and it was so gorgeous. And I was like, I want it, and I like regardless of how much money you have, it's still sort of like, well, I could use it to paint. And I might, but I will also, like with watercolors, I it, you don't need to be quite as precious because you're not going to mess up the whole thing. Like you might with oils or something. But still, I'd be like, but it's so beautiful. But I, I try and I suck at it because I love vintage stuff and cool things. Mm -hmm. I try not to buy things solely because they're wonderful, which sounds like a stupid thing to say. <laughs> but to be no. like... I think that that's a real thing. My mom always says like, there's so many beautiful things in the world, right? Like mm -hmm. you're always going to be coming across 
beautiful things, but you have to really be discerning on which ones you allow into your life and which ones you just, you take a moment, you appreciate them when you see them and you move on. Like you see the whole world as your library of things. I'm storing them somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know what I mean? Like, and, and cause there's some, and some things are brilliant. Like you're like, well, this, nothing exists in a modern design that is as smart as this mm-hmm. darning egg from the forties or whatever it is. Yes. I have myself some darning eggs. <laughs> have I ever darned a pair of socks? No, no, I have not. <laughs> no. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, but but then sometimes you're like, yes, this is a beautiful box slash. And I, I bought some a vintage stuff. Like I have a really great little sewing table that I use for my knitting stuff in the living room, like that kind of thing. But when it is just like, this is beautiful and it makes me happy that it exists and I want it to exist it in my on, on my side of the wall to my home that is so hard because when you mm-hmm. like arts you like a lot of the time the history of arts and making and supplies and you're like oh, yeah. I, I want to just stack all of these uh old watercolor boxes or whatever <laughs> i have a lot of vintage sewing supplies at, that i got at antique stores and things and i I feel like a lot of them, they just sit in a drawer in a bag. And I'm like, what am I doing with these? Like, and every time I take them out, I appreciate that they're very beautiful. I love the cards that the little stamps used to come on and the artwork and and the typography of it. It's all very, very beautiful. But at the same time, I'm just like, what am I doing with this stuff? It's just sitting in a drawer. I'm not a sewing museum. (laughs) Could you make an art project with them? See, I'm not a collage person, so mm-hmm. probably not. Like, I don't feel inspired to repurpose them or make them into anything. They're just kind of there because at the time I thought I was vintage diva girl and <laughs> I was for a, a time. And now I've kind of, I'm, I shifted from that. I, I metamorphosed um, into different things. And now that stuff is still just hanging around and... Mm-hmm. It is. It's like this whole <laughs> this this whole idea of looking at your art supplies and just everything in your home that I think people are going through right now in January and Marie Kondoing everything. It's really a lot of self-reflection of deciding who you are and what you want and the purposes you have. And I think that creative people struggle with that immensely when it comes to producing things and what could be useful in that production and you just like we talked in the beginning to bring it back you never want to shut something off because you always feel that potential calling from these supplies and these objects but really you need to self-reflect and decide like I'm not vintage sewing girl anymore you know Mm -hmm. I'm making inkling costumes for video games (laughs) and like that stuff it just isn't useful in what I'm make although uh, I don't know maybe I'm gonna make that renaissance dress so (laughs) darn it I came back I was talking myself into letting everything go and and then we broke it just right back down into the hole but I think I mean also a lot of the times it's not just that you get better at things and you like better supplies but also you you learn about what you like like Mm -hmm. I have bought like you know big uh lots of zippers for instance a lot of them old zippers and it's really good to have zippers of different lengths and different colors colors when you're sewing dresses or something Uh, but then maybe I also realize that I don't like one particular vintage of zippers that are more plasticky and have giant zip pulls or whatever you know like and Mm -hmm. that's something as well like you learn what 
you like by having, again, like by having all the stuff, but also realizing that, well, I'm never going to use, like, yes, it is very nice that I have this one turquoise eight inch zipper, but I'm not actually going to use this one because it's not the kind that I actually like to use in my things. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also a difference between like esoteric supplies and then the standards. Like, I feel like everyone needs in their house some floral wire. You just do. I use it for everything. It's just, <laughs> it's nice to have around. That's the type of thing that it's weird. I am not a floral design person <laughs> that would actually use it for its intended purpose. But man, floral wire is amazingly useful craft tool to have around. Same with electrical tape, like tiny little, the thin, different colored electrical tape. Good hot glue gun. A good hot. Oh, I got to tell you about this hot glue gun I got for Christmas from my brother. Okay. Quick aside. Is it like a pen? No, it's like a giant like gun. (laughs) It comes in its own carrying case. It looks like a drill, like a giant. It's massive. I told him I want a hell of a glue gun. And he was like, I gotcha. And for little bit of reference. His nickname is Paul Bunyan because we always, he gets everything way too big. (laughs) Whatever he wants to buy, he always buys the biggest of it. So yeah, this glue gun is amazing. Okay. So yeah, have a good glue gun, have some floral wire. Pontus has one that is sort of like a giant uh, pen, like a ballpoint. So you hold it like a pen and then the trigger is where your index finger is. Also really nice and specific. That sounds delicate and lovely. I think actually, I mean, it's 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 a really fat pen, but uh, no, I, I think that that's also something that e- even the stuff that you don't even have a lot of and don't use that often, even then, I think if you can, like a lot of things you can get just a little bit better, like get a good eraser, yes. even if you don't use them much, because you're going to get so annoyed when you have one, one of those like bad, hard pink ones and like it's Ugh, gotten yeah. old and you're just leaving black marks over everything. Throw away all the bad erasers. Get yourself a nice, good, sweet eraser. Keep two of them. So you, because one, you know. <laughs> one we, is going to go missing. Always, yep, exactly. You always have a backup. But those are things that it's it's deciding that, you know, do I need 12 different colors of zippers if I never put in a zipper in anything? Or, you know, do and do I need a, a useful glue gun and, and floral wire? It's almost like, do you ever watch Alton Brown's cooking shows? He talks a lot about having kitchen tools that are multitaskers mm-hmm. and eliminating unitaskers. And I wonder if that can translate a little bit into art supplies because it's nice to have the the base level of the multitaskers and trickle in the unitaskers when you need them for projects. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like even in the kitchen and chefs will say this as well. And even minimalist chefs, they'll be like, well, I have, you know, my three knives, but then they'll also randomly have like a melon baller or something Mm -hmm. because it's the only thing that can ball a melon. This is a really (laughs) weird example, but like you still have like those two unitaskers because nothing else can really do that one very specific Mm -hmm. thing. And I think sometimes it's the same with, with art supplies. But I, I do like that thing. It struck me now when I started talking about the erasers that it kind of does hold true for other stuff as well is that, you know, when you you can't see the forest for all the uh, brushes, when <laughs> that thing of like when you have too many of the th- you can't find the one thing you really do like or yeah. you won't even have a chance to get to it and get to experiment because you're like just stacks in the way of everything. Yeah. So I feel like if, if you are going through your art supplies or even as you're using them, if you pass something by or you use it and then you put it away immediately and you're like, that's not what I want, it's time to move on. Like I have a whole bunch of these um, liner pens. They just have the very, very tiny, thin little marker tip. And I am always mad that it's never 
like a more flexible tip one that I'm always looking for. <laughs> and every time I pick up the wrong one, I'm like, oh, and I cap it and I put it back in its mug. And now I'm like, why am I putting it back in its mug? It should go. It should get out of my house because I don't like it. I never like it. I, every time I try and draw with it, I'm mad. So like, why am I keeping this around? Am I keeping it around because I'm supposed to have this kind of marker if I'm calling myself a creative person because I see everyone online have this kind of marker? Uh, that's probably where it's coming from. Yeah, that's what I do. And it's, probably. it's not good. It's, it sounds like you need to get like a... a, a an angry drawer to put things in that you don't like and then you can revisit them and be like nope this is this is leaving mm -hmm. and then send it to you <laughs> <laughs> i like that very much now what i wanted to ask you because as i was sort of preparing mentally for this episode I, it it struck me that with what is sort of my main biggest art thing my pottery i i don't buy supplies like I have the stuff I like and then every now and then I'll be like well maybe I should then I'm like no because I'm happy with the stuff I have mm -hmm. and I was wondering if you find the same with like for instance oil paints like I'm thinking like when you the thing that you start doing the most for a long while you will buy sometimes like just the the basics to get started and then either you luck out and find the stuff or you're like well this is all that's really necessary like you you stick to the same things and then you don't like sort of like you buy the stuff for the crafts that you do every now and then to psych yourself into doing them or yeah. making them feel more fun because you have new supplies but the stuff that you actually love you don't really need the boost does that make any sense that makes tons of sense because the stuff that I use the most and that I need to actually replace because I've depleted it uh, that's I just replace it I never really venture out and get anything super new. Like I'm super satisfied with my watercolor collection. I am not looking for any more watercolors because I just like the ones that I have. And the same with the oil paints. Uh, I just recently bought like two new colors kind of on a whim when I was at the art supply store because I needed, I, I found a hole in my supplies that I, I actually knew I needed this object in order to produce something that I wanted to produce. And that felt good too. It was way more different than, oh yeah, I'm just going to buy this stuff to make it someday. This is more of a, this thing that I'm purchasing has a very specific purpose. I know what I'm going to be doing with it. I feel really confident. I'm like honed in on what it is and I'm going to buy it and that's it. And that feels great too. Just like having, um, my Copic markers too. There's every once in a while, they'll come up like a color that I kind of need and I'll, I'll fill in that gap and then that's it. You know, it, it feels really satisfying and fulfilling to only buy what you need, even though it feels like that should be the opposite. Cause a lot of times you get that adrenaline rush of buying new stuff just to get new stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you have that burden and that remorse afterwards. <laughs> and, but that remorse never comes from when you are going out and, and purchasing something for a craft that you are doing all the time with a purpose. It's almost like that you have a, a, a sort of romantic relationship with supplies like you have the the new relationship energy that little <laughs> yes. like boost of like Tee -hee! and then you have the the long-term comfortable relationship where you don't maybe get the weird rush and flush and blush every time you see them or think of them but you're just like you know them they're almost like an extension of like you know what I mean like you have the thing yeah. of like this is it's a stable and some people might think is boring but I like it and it works for me and this is just like home and you have those supplies that you know you always will return to. And then 
unfortunately, those supplies don't get jealous when you also buy weird new pens <laughs> and 18 new sketchbooks. What's going on here, Julia? <laughs> I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, you, cause oh, you, yeah, you, no, you know. know you can always rely on, like, you can do anything with these five brushes and four colors of paint. And then you can even, like, do it on boards or walls or whatever. Hmm. And it's funny because some of my tools, like a lot of pottery tools, and I don't know if it's because like you just find stuff that works, but like I use old credit cards or membership cards uh, (laughs) for for ribs. And somebody sent me once in a weird swap box some um, porcupine quilts that are really great tools. Like some of them are just like, this is not even what this is meant for. It just works really well. Uh, (laughs) And when I... um, sponge out the inside of small things i just use a piece of sponge that's been uh, rubber banded onto uh, a chopstick like you know you know what i mean like you just have mm-hmm. the supply and, and a lot of these things are almost universal for potters because it's easier to make some tools or repurpose tools than to buy them or they're just like complicated to make so you can't even really buy them nobody is bothered because everyone uses like a pencil with a uh, rubber banded sponge on and it is kind of silly, but it makes me always happy to see that on Instagram where people just like sort of repurpose. You're like, well, I, I tied these sticks together to measure something, you know? No, I, t- I totally know. I feel like more and more of this podcast is just like you and me moving out into our respective little huts in the woods and be like, <gasps> we don't need things. I will make oil paints from <laughs> lard and blueberries. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I still really like my, my fluorescent like green paint. It's pretty. Oh, I, I, and I like my drawers and drawers and boxes and boxes of weird, weird stuff. And I mean, it is a, it's a like privilege to be able to store mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's also privilege to be able to be like, oh, I'll throw it out. I'll, I can buy more if I want to do it in three years. But also like, we're just, we're just Corvids. We like shiny things. We want to pick them up and take them back to our nest. Mm-hmm. So do you, so you you said you, you've already promised you're going to send me your um your pens no but like yep. what if if you were going to like off the top of your head be like do you do you feel that you need to destash or call or or um declutter your supplies before this podcast no <laughs> right now <laughs> yes hard yes <laughs> I'm going to get rid of the brush pens I'm going to clean out the jewelry making supplies I'm going to go through some of the knitting stuff that I have I I just need to pare down to what I actually use and stop letting it take over space that that could be otherwise used for just emptiness for a little bit, you know, like a little break. <laughs> I need a little break in the spaces for things because I am a bit of a hoarder. I feel like when you call yourself a hoarder, you're not really a hoarder because you can recognize that it's a real <laughs> affliction and I don't mean to make light of it, but it sometimes feels that way that I can very quickly get into that mentality of, I need this. This is my important thing. Like this, I can't get rid of it. You're like that that old lady from labyrinth who just carries everything on her back it just brings yes. it with her if we had to this carry teddy everything bear. on our back we'd, we'd change <laughs> we would change <laughs> what we would be keeping around but i feel like my life right now in craft world and creativity it needs space more than it needs stuff if that yeah. makes sense and i mean also like you have you have a studio but that's not like your craft room where you keep all your stuff it's where you no, go to i'm trying work. very hard not to fill the studio <laughs> with things <laughs> yeah because like it, I, I think it's 
I think what's both like dangerous and good is that you can always look at someone else and be like, they're worse. They have two rooms of yarn or beads or whatever. But I think that's also like different people have different priorities and situations and also different people are bothered by different things yes. some people don't mind that everything is a mess because they know where everything else is or some people don't mind just having tons of stuff because it makes them happy other people get stressed out by having the supplies for more than one project and that's like it's it's you know do what feels good good for you why yes. do we always keep coming back to this weird self-help like a little <laughs> moral at the end of the story i'm sorry well, i apologize we, we talk through it together as <laughs> friends going through similar things and then we kind of we share our lesson with each other to reiterate okay we're going to say goodbye on this podcast and we're going to go away and we're going to change something and i think that that's really great that that's what i love about this show so much is that it, it's actively making me change as a person just coming here for an hour once every two weeks and talking to you it's it's been fantastic and that's why we reiterate these wonderful little morals because i'm i'm re i'm reaffirming it in my own brain if i'm the one saying it and i'm happy that you reaffirm it into my brain if you're saying it and yeah so let's let's go throw away a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> Or no, let's not throw it away. Let's donate it or put it into an exchangey box. Or keep it. <laughs> or keep <laughs> it. Because <laughs> what I've also realized is that my problem is that I've I've decluttered so much of the stuff that I didn't like that I have what feels like maybe too much stuff, but I like most of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I've just, I've, I've bought a lot of stuff and gotten rid of maybe a third of it. So like most of the yarn that I have now really does bring me joy and I want to do something with it. And then I, at the same time, feel a little stressed out that I'm like, I have all this stuff and it's a little overwhelming. And that's a really weird sort of, it's not a Venn diagram, but this weird little like gray area to be in. And I need to figure out what to do about that, aside from knitting the stuff up, which I'm also working on. <laughs> and also, I mean, let's talk about, let's talk about at some other time, and we talked about it, getting rid of the stuff that you're not happy with anymore. And, mm -hmm. and like in the finished project, because that's that's difficult. That's oh, that's a whole nother thing to talk about. I have some portrait paintings in my studio that I'm like, what am I going to do with you people? Like, <laughs> I don't want to give you to who you are because I don't like it. And but yet you're here. So I at least have the benefit that when I take stuff to the big recycling uh, trash center, throwing uh, finished pots makes a very satisfying, clunky, crashy sound. I would feel very strange about putting a face in the garbage. <laughs> I think that would make me feel weird. There, there's probably some sort of pagan ritual to do it with, like sort of how you're supposed to drop old teeth in running water and burn hair and such. Oh yeah, you're supposed to burn um, Greek letters too, if uh, you're part what? Of, ever part of, for like sororities and fraternities. Oh. You're not <laughs> supposed you to just like let it. I thought you meant just like in general. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, you're supposed to, if you're not passing it down to other people in the in your sorority or fraternity, then you're supposed to like burn it so it doesn't get out into the world. <laughs> I don't know. Well, don't burn your paintings indoors, please. Just make sure you go outdoors with um, a lot of ventilation if you plan on burning your things. Definitely. And uh, we would love to hear if you are sorting out your stuff, if you are holding on to it and hissing at everyone who comes near and tries to take it from you. Or if you, you want a box delivered with more stuff because right, you right, more right. stuff. If you, if you want to be part of our traveling box o surprises, uh, let us know. Uh, our show notes are at really.fm slash make do. And we are 
at MakeDoPod on Twitter and Instagram. You can use the hashtag MakeDoPod if you want to catch our attention. Uh, you can also find us individually at Tiffany Armin and at Julia Scott, S-K-O-T-T. And <laughs> we'll be back in a fortnight. Until then, go make and do.